Hello and welcome everyone to the Asian Voices Radio Podcast, where you're going to find real Asian American conversations, including the topics you were too afraid to ask your Asian parents. I'm one of your two hosts, Oz Tong. And I'm going to be your other host, Jaws Tong. We're actually going to be hosting a new segment on the show called Youth Voices that's going to focus on topics relevant to younger generations of Asian Americans and Pacific Islander communities with topics ranging from pop culture to movies, television shows, anime, anything really. And uh, don't be surprised, but we are actually also twin brothers. It's going to take some getting used to between the tell the differences between our voices, but you'll get used to it. I, I, I have faith in every single one of you. Today's episode is going to be more introductory for the two of us, just because of the fact that we're new hosts and we want our audiences to go and get to know us a little bit better. Uh, so just to start off, I am 26 years old. Uh, my brother here, Jocelyn, is also 26 year old, years old, just in, in case, case you didn't know that. Yeah, in case you haven't guessed it by the fact that I said we were twins, but you know, some people might need a little help with that area. Uh, another distinction that you're probably going to get to be able to tell the difference between the two of us is that my voice is very melodic. And, you know, some people have been told me that I could do ASMR. You know, I think that actually, to be honest, my voice is the actually more baritone, deep, soothing voice. But, you know, I'll let Ozan have it for today, letting him make you all think that. But that's not what we're here to that's talk really about. That's really nice today. of you. Thank yeah. you. You're welcome. You're welcome. The self-confidence no boost. Of course, you know, that's what brothers are for. Mm-hmm. Like I said, that's that's not what we're here to talk about with you guys today. We're here to talk to you guys because we can relate to the youth of this generation in our community. You know, obviously, we recently graduated from college as well. Uh, I'm from California State University, Northridge. I graduated with a degree specifically in screenwriting. Uh, I graduated from Cal State Fullerton in 2020, a pandemic graduation that never happened and probably won't ever will. Uh, I also got a degree in screenwriting, just like Jawsden. It's uh, something that we both had an equal passion in pursuing. Yeah, that that ain't just any coincidence. We didn't just do it because we were like, oh, let's be like, let's let's be twinsies and match. You know, like we gotta go, we gotta have the same degree and everything. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, no, that's not that's not it. We are actually passionate about what we want to do. You know, we both want to be screenwriters. To be fair, I think we both kind of reached that same conclusion at different points. For me personally, when I was younger in like elementary school, I actually originally wanted to be a doctor. Ooh, how original <laughs> Asian wanting to be a doctor. Wait, tell them, tell them why you wanted to no, be a doctor. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so originally I wanted to be a doctor because I used to do this uh, thing where I would watch television with my my eldest brother and we would watch House, you know, that one TV show, the, the medical TV show. And I just thought it was so cool how House could just walk around being a total asshole to everyone. But at the same time, he was saving lives and he was just smarter than everybody. And so I thought, wow, I want to be like that. I want to like, I want to be smart. I want to save lives and just like talk down to people and like show how much smarter I was, which was actually a front for uh, insecurity that I used to have when I was younger. But that's a whole other thing. Yeah, you heard it here first, folks. He didn't want to be a doctor to not just save lives. He wanted to be a doctor to save lives and use it as an excuse to be an asshole. So, yeah, and then when I got into sarcastic middle school, asshole. yeah, when I got into middle school and we started planning out the trajectory of the classes I would need to take to eventually try to get into med school, uh, I realized I suck at math and I suck at science. You know, so I realized, like, you know, maybe maybe I shouldn't be in charge of helping to save lives and prevent disease and everything like that. So, you know, for a couple of years after that, I kind of didn't really know what I wanted to do. I just uh, was just going through the motions. Then 
uh, I would do school projects. You know, as everyone knows, in middle school and high school, there at one point you're going to start doing video projects, right? And you know, stereotypically as the Asian kid, I was the one that would have to end up kind of trying to do most of the work just because of the fact that I had this like anxiety inducing feeling that if I didn't like take care of everything, my grades could go down. So therefore I would like be in charge of like writing out how we're going to do the video project, writing, uh, taking care of how we were going to shoot it, organizing dates to when we were going to shoot and then take care of the editing process. And then I kind of realized partway through middle school and into the beginning of high school that, wow, I actually really enjoy like making these like funny videos because of the fact that every time my videos would come on screen, uh, during presentations for class, everyone would be laughing. And that feeling of making people laugh at what I wrote and shot gave me a sense of happiness and fulfillment. And that's when I kind of realized, like, I think this is what I want to do. I think this is like, this is the feeling I like getting. Like, I like making people feel entertained and happy with what I was doing. And then that eventually progressed into wanting to pursue screenwriting to do more than just make people laugh as well. And I think for Jaws, and he went through quite a bit of a, a time trying to figure out what he wanted to do with his career. Oh, yeah. No, I... I bounced from topic to topic, like in middle school, the the thing I wanted to start off with as a career, I thought, you know what? I really like cartoons. I should be an animation artist. So I decided I wanted to be an animation artist, uh, tried drawing for a year. And then I realized at the end of the year, I thought, wow, yeah, he, he was really I bad. Suck. These drawings are terrible. And Hey, all right. You don't need to like add on to it. All right. You know, but I'm already doing enough there. You know, you could just sit tight where you're at. Yeah, 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 Let yeah, me sure, tell sure, my sure. story. I gave you your time, right, buddy? All right. So once again, I didn't think I was up to snuff or up to par with where I wanted to be. And that's not, I'm not going to try to discourage anybody that's starting off on wanting to like be an artist or drawing. Go. You have to try harder and longer than I did. All right. Honestly, you probably have talent that I don't. But that's beside the point. What I'm trying to say is that I went from wanting to be an animation artist to I then wanted to start doing graphic design because I really liked Photoshop and I liked I, I took a class for Photoshop. And after a while, I thought I was pretty good at it, but then I just realized I was only good at it because I wanted to get an A in the class. And at that point, it no longer interested me. So then... There was a period of time where I wanted to be a hip hop dancer. Uh, that that's Ooh, that that's going to be a story for another Asian day, another time. But once again, <laughs> yeah, right. Once again, that did not last very long. And then I started helping Ozan out with a lot of video projects, and even did a couple of video projects of my own during our senior year of high school. And then that's where I kind of settled on the fact that I wanted to create. Uh, film or television shows eventually one day because I always had a, like a bunch of like funny or good ideas for these class projects in school and I always felt like people in my generation just didn't understand me they didn't get my art bro they they just didn't understand and uh, yeah right and that's where it it, it kind of fell into the idea of us becoming screenwriters or at least for me you know Mm-hmm. So, and it's the funny thing is that we always enjoyed television and movies as children just because of the fact that like growing up as like uh first generation asian americans obviously our parents are going to work a lot mm-hmm. and you know being twin boys at a young age we were described as being very hyperactive 
like couldn't sit still like running around everywhere like our parents couldn't even bring us to like a grocery store without us running through aisles knocking things over and causing a whole bunch well, of like grief we, okay. for them we didn't knock things over but we did ask for a lot of free samples at those hawaiian supermarkets all right yeah like yeah, we would just honestly, like cycle back over and over again but like oh can i to get the point more? where they had can to tell us more? uh to uh, stop we had to yeah to stop <laughs> we had to stop eating the free samples but yeah i think um yeah we just watched a lot of tv shows a lot of uh movies and obviously like when your parents are working a lot there's not a lot of conversation that goes into like helping inform your personality and everything like that so i guess like a lot of our personality we kind of developed from characters we would watch on tv shows you know like the 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 shy nerdy boys that usually ended up being like the protagonists like that was something we liked just because of the fact that like oh you know that fit more of our personality because we were very like shy children and it was cool to see uh these protagonists be much more than what they seemed on the surface and we felt like that's something that like resonated with us yeah and those kind of characters always seem to have so much depth and i think that characters that have a lot of depth are very fun to write so the thing about us is we want to write movies and television shows. For me personally, my goal is to one day win an Oscar for one of my animated feature films or I guess like a best original screenplay. Either one, I want to be able to to win an Academy Award for something that I wrote. And one of these days, uh, you will see me walk up that stage and then win an Oscar. I promise you that. And I mean, not, hopefully not another pandemic happens where he's going to well, have to win I mean, it on yeah, screen. Yeah, probably not. But hopefully, hopefully not. But, you know, given the <clears throat> climate of our country. I mean, maybe one of these days we'll both walk up that stage. Right. But not Austin. as a duo, not as a. Well, maybe. I don't know. Who well, knows? Hey, come on. What's wrong with that? You know, like remember like uh, Ben Affleck and uh, Matt Damon. Matt Damon. Yeah. yeah when they both walked up for Goodwill Hunting, you know, mad respect for both of them. You know, we can do it together, you know. Come on, man. One together, one apart from each other, just so oh, yeah, like yeah. it's not a fluke saying like people will be like, oh, <laughs> they only did it because they both wrote it together. Yeah, we have to win two Oscars. They're not you know? competent on their own. Because winning one Oscar just isn't enough. You have to win two to know you're really good. You know, or, or, or an Emmy. Emmy. Yeah, or, an or Emmy. a Golden Globe. Yeah. No, you know, Definitely don't want to win a Golden Raspberry. That's for sure. Or maybe I do for like a gag just so I could say I've written one of the worst screenplays and written one of the best ones just to kind of confuse people like that whole meme with nicholas cage like community when they did that one episode where abed was trying to figure out whether nicholas cage was a good actor or a bad actor and then he went crazy trying to figure that out because <laughs> like he's had amazing performances and just really really questionable ones yeah, i mean yeah. i love you nicholas cage but like there have been some where it's just kind of like you're like hmm hmm uh interesting okay. choice all right very very interesting interesting actor's choice that, that's all i can say just interesting hey, may, hey heck maybe for the heck of it we would even try to win a tony award you know for best musical or best Broadway oh, play. that would actually be really really cool to win right. a tony as well i feel like aside from just wanting to tell stories that's what it was originally for both of us i think we didn't real like it, it evolved into wanting to do it more for personal reasons as well the older we got I think growing up in a mostly Hispanic neighborhood and not really interacting with too many Asian American people, at least until university for the both of us, we just kind of felt like there was always a very big lack of Asian American stories or Asian American 
actors in main Hollywood, like this is going to get a little dark, but I remember getting a lot of internalized racism towards myself at a young age, just because of the fact that a lot of the big heroes that you see in movies and television, a lot of them were portrayed by white people, you know? And then anytime you really saw an Asian person, uh, you kind of saw them as like the geeky sidekick. If it was an Asian man or if it was an Asian woman, you just kind of saw him as the, the sexy massage parlor lady or like Lucy Lewis kind of character. And you kind of realize that men or Asian men were being kind of uh, emasculated in a way and in, in their portrayal and Asian women were being fetishized. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, you would agree with that, like that testament, at least how it was back in like the early 2000s, early 2010s. Yeah, at least growing up, that's how it seemed. You know, it seemed very one dimensional. Yeah, and I definitely ended up kind of like disliking myself a lot. Like I remember mm. specifically like in elementary school uh, because it was a mostly Hispanic neighborhood uh, and a mostly Hispanic populated uh, school. They would do like, you know, celebrate Cinco de Mayo or something like that. And I remember like every year my teacher would ask me, oh, um, do you want to partake in this or do you want to participate, Austin? You don't need to if you don't want to just because, you know, it's not obviously you're not. Well, they didn't say it like that, obviously, because, you know, teachers had tact, but like they did approach it very sensitively. And then I think I wanted to be part of it just because I didn't like being that outcast. If you remember, Jawsden, out of our entire elementary school, I think you and I were the only Asian kids there. Like we had some that would come in, but they'd only be there for a year. And then I would like find out like, oh, they got moved to like a different elementary school that was more in like San Gabriel Valley kind of area. You know what I mean? Mm hmm. And so, therefore, like, we were kind of just the only ones there. And I felt like an outcast a little bit, you know? I think we only had one friend. We're still our friend to this day. Yeah. But shout out, Daniel. (laughs) Shout out to you, Daniel. Um, But, yeah, I would want to participate in that stuff. And I would try to erase my Asian-ness by immersing myself in Hispanic holidays and trying to take part in all these things. Just because of the fact that I wanted to be something other than myself, you know? And that's how, like, when you realize, like, a child has to go through that, like, don't you think that how, like, like that's, like, super sad, right? When a kid yeah. doesn't want to be themselves. Mm-hmm. That's true. I mean, for me, it was more because uh, we got bullied because of our last name. So, in yeah. case people don't know, our last name is spelled T-H-O-N-G. And in elementary school, that's just, like, years of ruthless bullying just for the mm-hmm. last name alone, you know? Uh. Yeah, like uh, we have to correct people a lot, especially uh, especially when we got older. Like yeah. we would always tell people it's pronounced Tong. The H is silent. But a lot of people like when they see it, their first thought is to go Thong just because, yeah. you know, they, mm-hmm. they don't really understand. They don't Element- really understand. Them. Elementary school kids are brutal. Man. Kids are mean. The- kids, kids are, are mean. mean. <laughs> They're really mean. Like people think kids are adorable, but when you're a kid yourself and you get bullied, kids can be really when, when, mean. When you're in, when you're in elementary school, surrounded by your other fellow peers and kids, like and with no adult supervision, man, dude, it's like Lord of the Flies up there, man. It, they'll just I like know, really, right? man. Oh, but I agree with Austin. For me, it was the same thing. I just I hated being made fun of for my last name so much that I wish it wasn't my last name. And ergo, wishing it wasn't my last name in a way meant I wish I wasn't. Asian. And you know, that's a mistake. No one should ever have to wish they aren't who they are, you know? Yeah. And I think it, a lot of that, like, um, otherness and uh, prejudice towards us, like, a lot of it, like, when you really think about it, stems from the betrayal of Asian people 
on television on in movies the fact that they they saw them as those goofy like oh ho, 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 ching chong ching, you know it's like oh my god we get it you know like oh. not all asian not all asian people are like that they and, like to portray them in this like caricature that's super funny because apparently we're a joke to a lot of people yeah that that was not cool i mean like don't get me wrong i'm gonna say this to like set something straight martial arts and kung fu is one of the coolest things in the world in my opinion but the thing is to kids uh they they look goofy especially how they were portrayed portrayed earlier in hollywood where it was like all like flashy and like all you know why big moves and stuff like that you know and you hear all those like like funny noises like you know like that it's like you know like you could imagine i could remember kids like going up to us and doing martial arts poses and just like making those noises and then just calling us Jackie Chan or Bruce Lee, which is, by the way, come on, be original, really? Those are the only two Asian people you know? Like, come on. like, And even then, how is that an insult? Bruce Lee was cool. Yeah. I don't know why Like, I would get, like, I got insulted back then for it, but Bruce Lee's cool. I don't, you know. Yeah, but. so you guys, I, I hope you're understanding or getting a look behind the glass of how we grew up and how it's affecting our decision and our personalities towards our goals and our ambitions now you know no kid or at least no asian american kid and pacific islander kid in in this community should have to feel the way that we did you know so that's that's kind of why we're here to talk today about why real representation matters you know it matters it really it really does because how how can how can media like the biggest uh source of entertainment cons- entertainment or you know a it's lot also of people one of the biggest things people consume yeah media seriously like and and it only portrays portrays a certain group of people in a certain way you know like if you grow up seeing that stuff it's obviously gonna be like something that you think or something that you believe you know when that happens obviously it's gonna give people the wrong idea about a certain group of people but nowadays with like there are so many things that are getting closer to that idea or even hitting that idea straight on the nail on the head about real and proper representation of this community, you know, like shows like uh, Kim's convenience or fresh off the boat, give a real look and idea towards our community. You know, they, they show us as real people with real depth, real problems, yeah, real feelings. That actually makes me think like, um, if you ever watched the pilot episode to fresh off the boat, one of the opening statements made by Eddie Huang's like younger character, who's played by Hudson Yang, he says like, oh, you know, like we're a real American family, you know, like we're an American family. And then when you usually hear American family, most people kind of think like this picket fence, nuclear family of white people. But American, you know, it could be anybody just because they were trying to live the American dream to like build something for themselves out in this country, you know? And I think that's like the most honest and accurate portrayal of what an American family is. And it, uh, fresh off the boat, I think kind of broke barriers on how Asian American or how Asian people and Asian Americans are, are viewed just because of the fact that like, I think, um, because there's a lack of depth, our community is very misunderstood and mostly referenced through stereotypes you know and it's kind of yeah. it kind of sucks just because of the fact that like a lot of people will take that eternal internalized racism and 
you know, not really help do any justice towards their own communities, which is really, really sad. Like, uh, archetypes almost like they're going to, they're going to portray our, we're going to get portrayed in a negative light and therefore it's going to make people hate, uh, dislike ourselves, which, you know, it did for me. It did for Jaws when we were young. And as I probably will know it's probably going to be doing for a lot of young asian americans so yeah if anyone's out there is listening that's a younger from the younger generation and you're starting to kind of feel these negative Negative feelings feelings. towards yourself or your community just know that you're not alone you know everyone at one point or another has felt that way but then as you get older like we did we realize we want to combat that idea we want to amplify and uplift Asian American voices by showing that Asian Americans have more depth to them than the archetypes that were laid out for them through earlier portrayals in media. Yeah. This is why Oz and I wanted to be screenwriters. This is why we want to partake in the film or television industry, entertainment industry as a whole. You know, we want to help do our part in ensuring that younger generations and future generations that haven't even been born yet can grow up in a world where they don't have to feel ashamed for being who they are or they have, don't they will never have to feel like their stories are not being told their voices are not being heard and although they're although we are making great strides nowadays like believe me like Oz and I cannot be happier with the strides that are are being made through the the barriers that are being broken but for us the reason why we still want to do it is because we know that there are more stories to be told and 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 it's and it's that way for every culture in the world, you know. It's that way for every ethnic background, every race of people. There are countless stories that can be told that that are never ending, which is why Ozzy and I still want to take a part in it because we know that we can still add to this yeah. goal. We can still add to that ambition. We can still add to the uplifting of our of our community by telling yeah. these stories that we think that only we can tell. And not only that, it's uh not only do we want to see Asian American stories be told that to show the Asian American perspective, but we want to, at least personally for me, and I know I'm probably not alone, but I also want it to be normalized that Asian Americans can be told in any kind of story that isn't specifically like cultural wise. Like obviously we can't have an Asian American story of us being, you know, slaves back in the 1800s, you know, in plantations, everything like that. That's like culturally insensitive. But I mean, in terms of like, a big worry I have for myself sometimes when I'm like writing a story is that I don't always want to write like a story that's only Asian American centric that that makes you think, oh, uh, the Asian American character can only like they're only relevant to the story because it's an Asian American story. Like a big question you're always told in screenwriting is what does this character add to the story? Would it matter if they were there or not? You know, and a lot of the times like you always kind of hear when like people write stories that are like or like have ethnic lead characters you'll get a lot of executives that'll be like oh i mean let's go ahead and change this ethnicity to make it a more marketable actor and everything like that i hate oh let's 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 make it more marketable you but know? the thing is with every lead actor that's like usually portrayed by like a white actor or actress it kind of feels like like you kind of wonder what does their ethnicity bring to the story right like this is going to sound a little bad but like w- what does it matter what their race is at the end of the day? You know, like what does race have to do with anything? Why can't Asian American 
play a romantically like them being asian doesn't have to do anything with the story just as much as them being white doesn't have to do anything with the story like you watch a lot of like romantic comedies but them being white doesn't have anything to do with adding to the story they just happen to be white so at least the end goal for myself and what i hope for asian american representation is that we can have asian american actors and characters in these stories and that it doesn't it doesn't really matter that they're Asian, you know, they're just and they're just because they they're good at the job because I'm pretty sure that there are, are so many qualified Asian American actors out there or actresses that could easily take a lead role. But they're not cast in that role because the main idea is like either they're not marketable or like there's no reason for them to be there. But the question I want to ask is, well, what's the point of having the white actor there, too? Like, what is like I, I said this before, but what is being white? have to make the story better. Yeah. So I know that we've been talking about how important representation is to us, why why we're fighting for it so much. But you know what? Let's talk about the representation that is here. You know, on a positive note, mm. there are so many, so many films nowadays with Asian American leads or Asian American stories, you know, even, even actual Asian stories like, you know, like Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings is like one of the biggest things yes. right now, right? Yes. I saw that I, movie I three times. Master. I saw that movie three times. Once because I wanted to enjoy it because I'm a Marvel fan. Second, because I wanted to be able to like watch it again because I loved it so much. Third time. Plus, I, it was to show to our nieces and nephews that yeah, yeah. wouldn't have the opportunity to yeah. watch it. Our nieces and nephews live in Colorado and all their theaters are closed at the moment. So they couldn't watch that movie. But when they came here to California, I was like, no, you are not leaving here until you see this film. You have uh, literally <laughs> yeah. before their flight. <laughs> you have to learn about your culture. Okay. So we took them to see Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Third time I watched it, I I was able, I was still blown away. I was still feeling all these emotions from watching it. And the soundtrack, the album, oh my God. The album was popping, dude. 88 88 Rising Rising is just killing Mm. it right now. Yeah. All all the artists are amazing. I mean, you know, but that's not even the only accomplishment nowadays. I mean, like with Steven Yun in, uh, I I, I hope to God I'm not mispronouncing your name, Stephen. Stephen Yun in Minari. I heard he did a fantastic job. I still haven't seen it yet because I can't find it anywhere. <laughs> but when I do, I'm going to watch it because I love Stephen Yun. And he was the only reason I was watching The Walking Dead, by the way. Just Glenn, Glenn was our favorite character. But, you know, Minari did fantastic. I, I think I, the, the young kid, right, in the film, he's, he's getting nominated for an award for his performance. He was nominated. He was nominated. It's out of award season right now, but I know. But he was fact, he was nominated. The for fact that for someone it. under the age of ten got nominated for an award, I'm like, dude, mind blown. Honestly. Yeah, and then I mean, aside from that, we like Raya and the Last Dragon, the first Asian uh, centric story done Southeast by Disney. Asian. Southeast Asian, Southeast Asian. Sorry. Mm-hmm. That was done since like uh, Mulan, which was like all the way back in like 2004, I think. Little, little, little iffy on when it came out, but like definitely a very long time ago. And it was yeah. a great story. It, it empowered young girls, especially because of the fact that they're going past the trend of, you know, princesses needing a man to help save them. Like there was like no nah. guys. Princesses you know, need a dragon. Yeah, that's what a they dragon. Need. Voiced by Aquafina, who's been in like so many freaking things already. Like Aquafina, which by the way, Aquafina in The Farewell, which is another film that came out. I saw that. That made me like cry. You know, yeah. it's such a powerful story, and it's 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 a story that you can definitely that you can definitely tell 
it couldn't be told by like any other kind of culture. Like this is, is an Asian film, you know? And it was just well acted, beautiful. The, the, the nuances and the shot uh, the little shout outs to Asian culture. Like the, it's a bit of a, not a spoiler, but that scene during, you haven't seen it, but there's a scene that takes place in like a sort of faux wedding. Well, like they're all like doing drinking games with each other. And the camera is just like panning to different, people mm-hmm. in the family as they're doing a drinking game and the whole thing whole time i'm thinking like dude this is exactly how like asian weddings are you know oh, yeah i definitely. felt like i was watching something taking place in my own family and it, it's just it's just great that asian american stories are finally starting to get the spotlight that they deserve aquafina was also funny in crazy rich asians i think crazy rich asians was also one of the 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 biggest uh, blockbuster films that the a- api yeah community was the biggest romantic to, right? comedy of i believe 2018 right? when it came out and it was it was funny it was sweet and it was yeah <laughs> it, i mean it just kind of showed that asian americans can be in romantic comedies you can have an asian american or you can have an asian man play a romantic lead and be funny sweet charming just like every other person and it just goes to show that you know asian people are just like everyone else, you know? We're more than the stereotype. So as much as I'd love to continue talking about Asian films, unfortunately, that is all the time we have for today. If you have any suggestions for future topics, we'd love to hear from you. Also, be sure to subscribe as well as follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I'm Jawson Tong. And I'm Ozen Tong. And thank you for listening to us on the Youth Voices segment of this podcast. And until next time, please, please take care, everyone. Thank you.